0: But in the end it's right.
1: I hope you had the time of your life. For the
2: of for the of Welcome, Pewter Report. Readers, business, viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PeterReport.com. With me is Casey Hudson, also of Pewterreport.com. We are coming at you live from the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, but Casey, because of some developments today, we actually will be talking very little about the Senior Bowl on this Buccaneers podcast. So ignore this uh, video that, or this uh, graphic that you see right here in front of us because it's, it's not going down this way, folks. I promise you, we are actually going to talk about Tom Brady and the retirement situation, obviously going on with Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. right now. It has been An eventful day, Casey, (laughs) to say the least.
0: It's been an eventful four days, if you really think about it. We've all just been waiting for the other shoe to drop or just miserably hoping that he was going to just, you know, tweet us one more year. But the news came in today and overshadowed anything else that could possibly take place. Tom Brady is finally hanging it up. And it's kind of a wild thought to process, I think, for everybody from fans to haters to the in-between. So.
2: Yeah, definitely yeah. a lot
0: there. <laughs> yeah, it
2: really is. No question about it. Uh, obviously, it ends an era in Bucks history that'll go down in Bucks history is the best, uh, really, uh, that there is. Bucks' been. best player ever. Yeah, right I think. mean, honestly, he's in that conversation in two years. And uh, I thought today was so neat uh, to hear Jason like talk about Brady the way that he did. Yeah. It's easy, I think, for somebody to go up and give the platitudes and know, say the right things and all of that. But the reality is that this is a big deal. And it should be made a big deal. Uh, It should be obvious to people that this was a big deal. And I thought Jason Light was that transparent. Like This changed us. He was honest about that. While still being honest about the fact they built a great roster that attracted Brady to them, he was also honest about the fact that this this was the move. This put them Mm -hmm. over the top and allowed them to get to where they were trying to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it was actually really fascinating too for him to mention you know, a slight rebuilding phase, and being a bit more transparent about that, because I know a couple of people tried to hang him on the fact that he said that you know we're not rebuilding, and that may have been a turnoff for Bruce Arians. But as you said, I mean, it was a fabulous presser for Jason to give to everyone, and you can actually really see how much he's still processing this news. Um, you know, he said that they were somewhat prepared for it, but in the same sense, I'm sure everyone was kind of hoping for a different result, and that just kind of shows you how much. Tom really bonded with BA and, and Jason light and the chemistry that they built and the relationship that they built. And I kind of wonder how much some things moving forward. Cause Tom Brady said in his retirement post, he wants to be back for the next boat parade. So could he have some input? Could he can continue to maintain that relationship with Jason light and Bruce Arians, you know, is he going to hang around Tampa Bay? That's the other stuff that I'm anxious to see what's next for the, the goat. Yeah,
2: absolutely. No question about it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens let me know. It seems like people are saying that they can hear us for the most part, right? Everybody's good. I think a couple of people early on were saying, trying to make sure we can so good so everybody uh, can hear us. Uh, hopefully Mike's picking us up pretty good here. Uh, we're just kind of grabbing space and setting up here at, uh, in the uh, Renaissance uh, Riverview Plaza here at Mobile in the Senior Bowl. And so appreciate you all jumping in here and tuning in with us. Yeah, you're right, Casey. I mean, the, the, the impact that Brady made in Tampa Bay, I don't think it, you know you can – You can't really quantify it. I mean, again, a Super Bowl can quantify it, maybe. That's about the (laughs) best way. Jason Light said it really well. I thought anything that he says about it is going to feel like an understatement. Like they just, you can't really do it justice in terms of what he meant to the organization. But I thought Jason Light did a great job of, while he's being honest about that part of it, he's also honest about the fact that they've built a great roster. And like that's really important for people to focus on. They built a roster that attracted Brady in the first place. Like he wasn't just picking any place. He was picking a place that he felt like he could go and he could win a Super Bowl. And he was right because Brady's also a terrific guy for talent. But the Bucs were also right. They built the roster that won the Super Bowl. It wasn't just Brady. As important as he was, it wasn't just him. It wasn't like it was this trash roster and Brady just pulled him out and won a Super Bowl. That's not how Super Bowls are won. No Super Bowl's ever been won that way. It's all about the team. The Bucs have a really good team. They need to get better in a couple areas that are very doable this offseason. Are they going to win a Super Bowl this year without Brady quarterback? It depends what they do. We'll see. I'm not rolling anything out at this point in time. Let's evaluate that when the time comes. But here's the important part. Regardless of if they take a step back, which seems somewhat likely this season, a lot of the NFC's there with them right now taking that step back. The other part about this that's so important for people to understand, I think, is that the Bucs have a chance to continue building and getting this roster better. It's young enough in a lot of key areas. Uh, Jason Light said it today. Seven of their nine pro bowlers are under contract moving forward. That's a huge part of this. They're, they have cap flexibility already. They're already under the cap, well under. The cap is going to keep going up they don't have a quarterback that they're paying a ton of money to now brady's retirement while obviously it's sad uh is going to give them more space this year to be able to operate once they work out all the money details they'll have at least 12 13 million more to operate with probably this offseason that could mean jordan Whitehead comes back it could mean ryan jensen comes back maybe two of them so there are a lot of options that this opens up for the bucks roster to continue to get better then it's going to be about finding that quarterback so that when your roster's good you can have a or When your quarterback gets good again, you can maybe have a Joe Burrow situation, not where you go from worst to best, but where you go from being a team that you know takes just a little step back this past season to boom quickly with a young quarterback roster roundups. Great. You're back in it. You know, if it's yeah. a young quarterback in next year's draft or, you know, I don't think it'll be this year's, but next year's draft or if it's somebody in free agency or via trade, I mean, things change every year. You don't know when that quarterback's coming. Nobody saw Brady coming two weeks before he came. Like oh that's how quickly it can change, and the roster needs to be ready to appeal to that next quarterback. Was what Jason Light was saying. That's so important. I think he nailed that presser. It was vocal leadership and understanding of team building at its finest. I felt like he laid the, te- the uh, on the table for how this team can move forward realistically without blowing smoke. He created. The, he showed that this team is ready to still be a good competitive team. They're going to need that quarterback. I don't know the timetable for that. Nobody does, but they're going to exhaust all options this offseason to find it.
0: Well, I think you make a great point about pointing out Jason Light, mentioning the fact that this team was more attractive enough to bring in Tom Brady. He also kind of alluded to the fact that if it was good enough for Tom Brady then and then the key pieces that have come in since then and what Tom Brady has established culture-wise and leadership-wise – there's going to be players that still want to come here in general. There's going to be guys that are going to want to step into that legacy and say, Tom Brady played here the same way that people still want to play for the Patriots and look what the Patriots did when people counted them out. So I think it still makes Tampa Bay a very attractive team. I still think that there's a lot of key pieces that are a part of this unit. And I also think that, like you mentioned with the wiggle room and and cap space, there's going to be guys that they're going to be able to save or who knows what what the Bucs will be able to bring in and I mean as somebody who grew up watching the Bucs realistically before Tom Brady became a name or a factor associated with this team I just needed somebody who's going to be that much better than Jameis Winston (laughs) in the pocket that's all I was asking for as a fan and it's funny because earlier today somebody pointed out I turned into that fan that just got selfish Mm -hmm. but there are options out there where the box can still succeed and have a pretty solid season ahead. And it's not, you know, the Tom Brady show. So I think it's going to take a minute to really digest everything that Brady did, because, you know, even before hopping on the pod, I'm just still looking through so much research and articles and, Everything you can talk about, just it it's not sounding off to how significant it really is and how much weight he carried here. I don't think we're all going to feel it until the season starts next year and you realize yeah. he's not suited up anywhere. Right. That's when it's really going to be like, holy crap, this yeah. guy had 84,520 passing yards. Who's going to do this next? Can anybody do it next? Yeah. But i if, if we trust anyone, it's Jason Light. He's just been so meticulous and so brilliant when it comes to making certain roster moves and... You know, today we saw that there's still talent out there and we can build in the right places with the right people and just keep adding to a team that's very special still. I mean, they overcame so much this year. And with a lot of that being the leadership of Tom Brady, if there's something that was kind of resounding across the board with these players and postgame pressers and press conferences Monday was the fact that. Brady established a culture there that everybody intends to keep going, whether they stay on this roster or go someone else go somewhere else. Something's embedded in them to be a leader and to step up further into a bigger role as a player in the NFL and make a difference. So
2: no question about it. William Butler appreciate the $5 super chat is always from you. How true is it? The Brady and Arians were at odds. I haven't even seen this written. I mean, I know people talk about this stuff ad nauseum pretty much. I've never stopped talking about it. It's not true at all. There's no, there's nothing there at all. They were, not at odds whatsoever. It's just rumors and hearsay. I don't even know where that that's come from, to be honest. But, um, yeah, no, this was an organization that really – I just felt like it was really unifying. Brady's statement represented that. You know, I'm not even talking about the fact that he didn't mention the Patriots. I know Patriots fans are yeah, they're, <laughs> they're salty about that, I understand. <laughs> but he's retiring from the Bucs. Like, that's just literally what he's doing. He thanked Patriots people when he left there and when he moved on. And so I don't see it as a big deal. I know people are going to see it as a big deal. It's clear from social media I'm in the minority, and a lot of people see it as a very big deal. So, But more than anything, I think he's thanking the Bucs. And he was very sincere in the way that he thanked them, just talking about how important those relationships were with Bruce Arians with Jason Light um, and how the ability for them to take, for Aaron's especially, to run an offense that's been successful as long as it has, but to see that they could tweak a couple things and be even better with Brady and to take someone else's advice and allow that to happen, I think Brady just has a lot of respect for that. So I see them you know, very much uh, – everything just great terms. You know, Everything just went really great. For all the drama people tried to create and speak into the relationship there's, from the very beginning, like they're never going eye to see out eye. They're never going to get along. The offense is He's never going to work. Go. Yeah, exactly. They were be
0: looking over the reins, like no, that was they had a dynamic that they created, and it was it's been firm ever since. I t- totally agree. Yeah, I even think that he had a different bond with BA than he ever did with Belichick. Yeah. You saw a whole different side of Brady, and I don't think he would ever show that or be even that much more vulnerable to the public yeah. if he wasn't on good terms with BA.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. One of the key things that Jason Light said, Joey Knight asked the question. He said, the whole world knew what you were getting when you got Tom Brady. And Jason Light kind of interrupted him and cut him off. It was like, well, not the whole world because there are a lot of haters and doubters out there. We go back and pull a lot of receipts. People said a lot of things like you're better off with Jameis. Like, those, so the Bucs actually downgraded quarterback. Those were not fake takes. Those were real takes that people had, Casey Hudson. They really happened.
0: Like Tom Brady. I yes. mean, that Patriots jersey was poisonous to a lot of people. Those were,
2: those were real things that people said about was that. was, was,
0: was he? So, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, not him, anybody else. Right. And then he gets here and then she texts us today and she's like, he won my heart over and ripped it out of my chest. So if that goes to show how some haters or yeah. some, you know, Bucks fans actually felt. Yeah. It's just right. been an emotional roller coaster. You can't hate this guy. Yeah. No, no, you can't.
2: It's been it's been an awesome ride, and again, the things he was able to do, especially in the face of so many people saying that it wasn't going to work and that there would be all these problems, there'd be all the division, even as they were being successful, even as they were winning a championship, even as they're being successful this year and ranking at the top of the league in offensive categories, and Brady setting numbers that even he hadn't set before, and you know all of these things, people are still saying this stuff like, oh, there's divisiveness. He's gonna leave. No, it just was all fake. It's all new, you know, stuff that people were creating out of thin air, basically, to get reaction. Actions and so, in the face of all that at his age, to do what he did coming into, I'll never get over Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl last year. Like it was yeah. unbelievable that he came into a new situation with he didn't know the terminology most of the year, coaching wow. scheme, all of that stuff wasn't there was a lot of new elements to it after so long in another system to go to another place to play at the level he played at when a season that a lot of people refer to as disappoint Again, the bar for him. Just galactically different than any other quarterback we've ever seen. Totally unfair the way that a lot of it was talked about. But I think those of us who got to see it here in Tampa firsthand every week, we knew the level of difficulty in this offense, especially. This is not um, stepping into Cal Shanahan's offense as a quarterback. You know, we've talked about, we'll talk about quarterback options in a second, but we've talked about how laughable the idea of Jimmy Garoppolo stepping into the Bucs offense would be. Like, I mean, it's hilarious. Like it's there's like I mean, honestly, even though I believe Jimmy's a better quarterback than Jameis, schematically, like I'd rather have Jameis than Jimmy again. Like it's just not a in this offense, the fit just isn't there for him. For for Brady to be one of the unique players who could be a fit for, to step into it in the face of so many people saying it's not a fit, it's not gonna work, and to be a dominant big time throw, deep ball thrower vertical attack passer as well as incorporating all the elements
0: had gone out they they wanted his vision tested i mean there were so many things that basically
2: arm strength stuff is just completely hilarious because if people actually watched his 2019 tape it it was just wasn't there like it 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 didn't happen like his arm was fine it was he got frustrated he got pissed at times because they weren't doing things well and
0: downside I mean from what they were producing to what he had to you know chew and swallow at that point but I wish we could go back and find a lot of those because there's so many laughable moments in terms of people counting out Brady coming here but I think you hit it on the head this offense is extremely underestimated by how hard it is and how much work really goes into it and for them to be building chemistry at the same time as learning a playbook together that there was just so many moving pieces and. I mean, even up to week nine of last season, nobody could convince me that the Bucks were going to the Super Bowl. It was just they were barely getting by each game. But when you really break down the details of everything, it's like what they were pulling off was insane because they were getting to know each other. They were getting to know a playbook and they were still producing every single game or building, even though there were some ugly wins or ugly stretches. It was just it was amazing to see i think him being able to win a super bowl with a different team just capsized so much of of what he's capable of doing and what he did in this league
2: absolutely and we've got a question here um kyle is saying john you've talked about brady, we appreciate the super tattoo by the way kyle thank you you've talked about brady retiring adding cap space every report i've seen says his retirement raises cap hit by six million where are you getting that i'm not sure where uh, so the specific numbers you're talking about kyle i can't speak to the specific numbers that you're talking about necessarily, but I'm saying like the cap is uh is not the way it's going to look when Brady retires post June 6th or whatever it is. Like once that happens, like that's when they'll process the retirement. So it's just all paperwork basically in getting the money taken care of with his agency. Jason Light said today that that will be easy for them to do. They've already talked about it. That will be easy for them to do. So it's basically about how they recreate things in the wake of him, without getting too technical. And I I, I can bring in Brad Spielberger to talk about it. I've already texted with him about it. That's all I know, by the way. I'm not the smart cap guy. I ask the cap guys to talk to FL people all the time. And uh, and and so they, they've been the ones that have let me know this because I didn't know this stuff before. Um, and so basically they'll restructure kind of what his uh, situation looks like so that they shift the money around so it opens up cap space for this offseason. So uh, what Brad told me was 12 to 13. I'm actually – we talk a lot, so I'm trying to find his exact quote. I'll see if I can find it while we're talking. Um, but I think that would be a factor. So if he does retire, they'll ha- it'll open up space for them this year to be able to uh, spend. The other thing people are talking about is they're talking about the Bucks cap and how they've handled it that I'd like to point out, and I think this is really important. Um, Casey, the Bucks have not saw- – I asked Scott this day. I actually called him while we were here in Mobile. I was like, Scott, when was the last time the Bucks signed a bad free agent, like contract, and he said Chris Baker and Deshaun Jackson. I said, when were those? Those were in 2017. Since then, Shaq Barrett, Ryan Jensen, and Donovan Sue, Jason Pierre-Paul, Leonard Fournette, Gronk, and, Br- and Antonio Brown were obviously Brady moves. Right. You know, I get I get that those were Brady oriented. Fournette was not, by the way. Coachings have wanted them here. Um, Giovanni Bernard, like on and on and on. The guys in season: Ross Cockrell, who played key roles at certain times; Pierre Desir, who played key roles at certain times, and weren't. Yeah, Andrew Adams bringing him back. But you know what I mean? Like fringe roster pieces that you need for a game or two to yeah. keep you going. Everything that they've done over the last five years has been terrific. Like yeah. the draft, put it up against any team in the league over the last five years, any team in the league. In fact, if that 2017, had, if Howard hadn't been riddled by injuries and Justin Evans and Kendall Beckwith hadn't been lost after really promising starts to their career, they could be standout players. Like Jason light in terms of what he can control has drafted extremely well, has built through free agency, extremely well, not spending big and not spending on bad players in free agency. He's been smart. He's learned from early mistakes like Baker, and Deshaun Jackson and Vernon Hargraves and Roberto Aguayo, yes, it was bad early on in some stretches there, even though he found some good players there, too. And the Jameis thing I don't want to hear about. You took him number one overall, everybody would have done that. He was better than Mariota. He did everything he could to build around him. It didn't work. He didn't he, he, he's, he and he, and he produced in Tampa. Out. He did. like there were. A lot, he couldn't get past the one thing that had always plagued him. It's still a good pick from a process standpoint. Yeah. If you get another opportunity to take a quarterback like that, you take him and Hope that quarterback can cut down on mistakes. Like a lot of quarterbacks have, Jameis never did. So anyway, I, I say all that just to say, Casey, that the track record here is really strong with with what they're trying to build. Um, and it will be hard. You know, some people are calling the last draft a dot already. This makes no sense to me. Joe Tronchoinka was encouraging rookie season. If he just literally doesn't miss tackles, he's got like a six, seven, eight sack rookie season. Who isn't taking that at a part time role? He looks. Yeah the ceiling in terms of what it looks like and
0: can be great reps either you know i think the pure report team has talked about this all season where game after game we were like okay it's gonna be J. you know joe Trianka's time he's gonna have more reps this game he's gonna have more reps this game there was just there's so much faith in jpp and to be behind a guy like that and jpp is a grinder so you know this coming season who knows what's in store for him and it's going to be a big offseason. Let's not forget that the Bucs didn't really have a realistic offseason in the past two years dealing with COVID protocols and coming back and and having those outside exteriors that kind of play a larger role. We don't know what a real offseason is going to look like for the Bucs. That's going to really help translate a lot of these players game to go to the next level in this upcoming season. But I have a lot of faith in the rookies that have come in this year and what they've dealt with. And. If, they, if any players learned anything on this Bucks roster in the last year or two years, not only just underneath Brady, but in general, is adversity. These guys learned how to overcome and, and keep pushing forward. And I've challenged that next man up mentality a lot, because if I'm not impressed by the way, then my attention span's gone. But I'll be the first one to admit, sometimes I don't give enough credit where credit it's due, and this entire roster deserves a lot more credit.
2: Yeah, so Completely agree with you. It's well said. Uh, also, it would be well said to let everybody know that today's podcast, as all the Peter Report podcasts are, are brought to you by our friends over at. Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. And the best part about it is you can get some of this great Celsius energy for yourself as well. You can go to Celsius.com, click on the banner, or uh, use the store locator to find out where Celsius is. Isn't sold near you, or you can use the banner ads at PeterReport.com, or do the Amazon Subscribe and Save option. Get it coming to you automatically all the time. Tons of great flavors. I've a peach vibe that has sustained me through this Senior Bowl schedule, which is absolutely grueling. The first two days, uh, we've not been nonstop on top of the normal schedule. Tom Brady retired. I don't know if you've heard. So uh, that's another aspect we've had to deal with today. So been rocking the peach vibe. We'll continue to rock them down here at the Senior Bowl. It's been uh, terrific to have Celsius, and it's no sugar. It accelerates your metabolism, burns body fat it's essential energy and it comes in a variety of awesome flavors so make sure you check that out as well it's really good stuff from our friends over at celsius for sure uh casey we uh have talked a little bit about this roster and the way that this team's been built i want to make sure we get to all the super chats that are up here matt by the way if you see these you can throw these super chats when they come up up here and we'll try to uh talk about these as we go matt's doing some amazing producing for us and he's also going to be on the show here very soon people already want to talk darden is a bust darden looks like a bust darden does look like a bus no question no gm in the league is hitting every pick though that's what i'm trying to say like the the standard can't be impossibility jason light's not going to meet that look at his draft against any other gm in the last five years i've looked at all of them. i've already done this research if people want me to write an article i'll do it i'm not saying everything the dude does has been perfect i'm just saying he's better than every other gm at drafting in the last five years he'll have duds again like especially picking near the bottom of the draft that's tricky like if you do that consistently you end up you know the patriots did a ton like they had picking at the bottom of the draft, and they, it was hard. It gets hard. You miss out on the can't-miss players when you're a little bit further down in the draft. So there are elements to this thing that's challenging, and it's more challenging when you don't have any obvious roster holes and you don't know what's net. Like, is it going to be quarterback? Is it going to be Gronk? It's a tight end that retires. If we draft a tight end, where does he fit in here? How do OJ coming back from the Achilles? Like, there's a lot of factors that go into it that, that make it difficult, uh, especially last year's draft when it was not a great class. If you get just JTS out of last year's draft when you're picking 32 and 64 – in that class if you, even he just becomes a good player plus we haven't even seen hainsey and they feel like he can be a starter yeah, next year
0: and i think he actually looked pretty good during training camp so that's a guy that has all the room and potential to develop and be a part of this team. So you're 100% right. It just takes time. And you don't bring back 22 starters and get a real look at the guys that you pull, that you pulled from the draft either. Like They have to be realistic about that. The only reason a lot of guys got playing time this season was because of the injuries and, and the those adversities that I spoke of that took place. So if everybody remained healthy, you're not going to see much of anything. Like, if JPP was healthy, JTS would have been hanging out on the side and would have gotten way less reps. So we would have had no clue what looked like and what he would have been able to contribute to this bucks roster until next season or training camp round 2. So yeah. No, it's big
2: a, yeah, great point. It's so important when people call last year's draft was a dud or all this stuff, how are we supposed to know? Like Tom Brady plays quarterback, knock out Trask. We saw him in the preseason like yeah, that was mostly bad I thought and I, everybody knows I'm not a big Trask fan. I wasn't a big Trask fan coming out of the draft to be honest. So like I can stick to that pre-draft eval and say I have my doubts and I do for sure. But you can't say he's a boss based on what we've seen so far. We just haven't seen anything. anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He he has to do stuff. And same with Robert Hainsey. Like, that could be a starter on the O-line next year. But this year, those guys played every game together, basically. So, like, it's really hard to say that he's anything yet. We just don't know. And we know that he grinds like crazy. And we know his body's starting to fill out. Mm -hmm. That dude absolutely worships football. I mean, every training camp practice. He's running sprints when he's not in on a play, like behind lines. I've never seen that he's he's Like He's ready
0: to be mobile, which is a great thing, you know, a great quality to have, somebody yeah. who's just ready to dive on in. But, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. He, like
2: he he, right. He's yeah. fanatical about football, basically, and that's what you want. So we'll see what happens again with Haynesy. We'll see what happens with JTS. But if you get two good players out of that draft, where you were picking at in the draft with 32-64-96 – Every GM in the league would take that with that draft location. Everybody would take that. And if JTS becomes as special as his traits could be, I'm telling you the rest of the league is watching JTS. You're watching him move, listening to him answer questions, hearing about his his football IQ like we have, being able to talk to him like we have, and they're saying we we probably missed one. Like him getting to 32, we probably missed one. So. Bucs fans can take that for how it is. Doesn't mean he's going to be great. We'll see. It just means that, like, right now, it's impossible to see that as negative, I think. Still have (laughs) faith. Yeah, still have faith, for sure. Uh, Leo says, with $5 Super Chat, appreciate this, Leo. Rogers should choose the Bucks over the Broncos, just based on division. One faces Mahomes, Herbert, and Carr. The other is a dumpster fire. I completely agree with you, Leo. If Rogers is just trying to go to the best place to win a a Super Bowl next year, the Bucks should be at the top of his list. But... That's not the only consideration for Aaron Rodgers. Going back to the Packers in a familiar situation with Devontae Adams as a consideration, going to the Broncos, where they have a good roster, not as good as the Bucs, going to the Broncos, trying to do what Stafford and Brady did over the last two years, going to a roster that's good, not as good as the Bucs or the Rams were, but we'll see. They have a long offseason to get better too. Going to those situations with a coaching staff he's familiar with and loves, that's a big deal for Rodgers. And last thing I'll say, I know you have thoughts on this too. I said on another show, It's a big deal for Rodgers. Brady came to the box, won a Super Bowl. and was that successful at back-to-back years like that. It's a lot to his ego if he comes and it isn't the same thing. And he struggles a little bit more than Brady did because he knows that comparison will be forever. And for some quarterbacks, that wouldn't matter. For Aaron Rodgers, though, I think that that would matter.
0: Oh, yeah. That would hang over his head forever. Everyone just knows the ego and demeanor of of Aaron Rodgers, and we know that he's you know, getting towards the end of his career. So he's not going to chance what the end of his career is going to look like, what it's, you know, what the rumors or what's going to be said about him as he gets ready to head out of the football world. I will say, and you kind of already hit on it, there's a coaching staff over there, he knows. But if you guys paid attention to the antics of this summer when it came to Aaron Rodgers possibly not going back to the Packers, a lot of it's control. And I think most guys know that you're not going to come to the Bucks and have full control. BA is very old school, like somewhat old school style coach. So I don't think that he wants anyone that he feels like his voice isn't going to be louder than or equivalent to. And I don't think this buck staff is particularly that, especially while we're still trying to figure out what's going on coaching wise, but probably have a better grasp today of what's really going to take place. I just don't particularly see it as a fit, even though as a great quarterback, yeah, of course, everyone just wants a good QB here, but we have to also think about chemistry and how much that's going to translate between him, the wide receivers, you know, the guys that are going to be protecting him. And uh yeah. ego can change a lot. So Aaron Rodgers coming to the bucks would be okay.
2: <laughs> Agreed. Uh Jacob, we appreciate this five dollar super chat. it's awesome, Jacob. I haven't even seen Jacob in here. So welcome, Jacob, uh to the chat. We appreciate it. Uh Jermaine Johnson a possibility in Tampa Bay. Watched him all year at Florida State and was happy to see good reps from him today at the senior bowl practice. It is a possibility, but the way he worked out at the senior bowl today and just looking at him physically, Casey the player that I've seen tend to move up boards over the draft process, especially healthy. He plays very hard. He's very physical. He's very aggressive, violent with his hands. Um, he bullied people around today to grade in team sessions. Great. Again, physically, he's not going to have a hard time making the transition to the NFL guys like that tend to go pretty high, and so I think I'd be surprised. We'll see. I mean, I've, I've watched a couple games of his tape. I think he's good. I think he can get better. He looked like he had gotten better today at practice. Uh, you know, the offensive line in general got destroyed for both teams today in practice. It was very defensive line-oriented practice today, um, both of them, national and American team at the Senior Bowl. So uh, we do appreciate the Senior Bowl question, though. Yeah. We were ready this morning <laughs> to talk about Senior Bowl, guys. Well,
0: we notes and research, and then, you know, Tom Brady made it his day. So. That's
2: right. I mean, he did the podcast last we're like good we won't have to worry about that all week and then he decides not even 24 need to wait 12 hours like before he just comes out like Seven actually
0: later yeah.
2: he's like actually i'm retiring like so uh tom Box fan we appreciate this five dollars super chat packers control his destination this year next year he is a free agent yeah good point here tom but i think i'm now i might be getting my information confused but i believe rogers has a no trade clause and he has to pick the destination and prove it i think that's correct maybe i'm wrong or maybe i'm thinking about something else some people are he just needs to
0: be traded. I just think there's more in his contract that makes it not as easy. Yeah.
2: Well, I think Rogers wants the team to commit to him longer term, like two, three years, or not go year to year or trade him. I think that's what it sounds like. Or or I guess he could retire too. I don't know how serious that part is, but um, and it probably, you know, trade to the Broncos would be where he'd want to go. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, that's what it looks like so far. So possibility that, that uh but I believe Rogers would have to also like okay the trade to be with it as well. I think that would be an important part. Vortex asks if I've done any scouting on Carson Strong, fit for the Bucks. Uh, Some people are saying that. We saw him there today. Casey, this is a pretty rough ride for all the quarterbacks today from what I saw, but uh, I wasn't watching quarterbacks that much, but um we'll see. We, we, let's just keep evaluating. I, I personally don't think the Bucks are going to go quarterback early. The other concern maybe is everybody you talk to here, I don't even know if it's a secret. It's like the worst kept secret if it is. I've probably talked to four or five people that think Carson Strong's medicals are going to be a red flag with, with his knees for some teams at least. Yeah, so we'll see if that ends up being the case or not, uh, but I don't think the Bucs would touch that. Yeah, you know, They're not that desperate for for quarter. They feel like they want to see how things go with Trask. They want to see how things – if there were a sure thing quarterback, maybe, but until I hear something different, I really believe this team's probably not going quarterback Yeah, early on. You've watched the quarterbacks today some, Casey. What were your thoughts on what you saw? I mean, you saw receivers too, but – it's pretty rough group.
0: Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't love what I saw out of the quarterbacks today. Um, definitely, if you think about it the past couple of years a lot of brand new quarterbacks end up being thrusted into the league right away and expected to do well i didn't see anyone that could really manage that load to be honest um just a lot of hesitating decision making in the pocket which if you've got guys in
2: I, seven I on know, seven yeah
0: in seven and seven out of all things so you've got nfl pass rushers coming at you you're going to get destroyed and a lot of overthrows a lot of panic throws so i didn't see anyone that i can confidently say would be ready for next year for one and for two like you mentioned like the bucks aren't in a position where they need to jump at a quarterback during the, the draft. Jason said today that, you know, Trask is on the right trajectory. So if they feel like he's developing at the pace and the speed that they think so, there would be no reason for them to bring in a quarterback. They're not the Browns.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. They, they need now to be fair to quarterbacks here, it, first day of practice, new systems, lots of new verbs coming at you, concepts, players you never worked with. There's a lot of challenges, no question but yeah I, I don't think right now um there's nobody on my radar right now is like oh this could be likely we'll just keep our eyes open we'll keep our ears open we'll keep listening we'll obviously if there's one thing you can count on Peter Report for, it's usually to, to lead you in the right direction in terms of uh, the draft uh, and what the Bucks are going to do in the offseason. I think we that's pretty much where Peter Report's made our mark over the last several years, if more than anywhere else probably, is our ability to do that stuff. So we'll keep listening and we'll keep trying to articulate and communicate to you all what the team is thinking and doing, obviously, at that position. It's going to be a fun offseason, a very intriguing offseason. It's going to be lots of layers of this offseason. I'm very, very excited to see where all this is going and i'm very excited to see how they continue to build this roster because i think that there's still a lot of potential here obviously we'll keep going with some of the super chats here uh, but before we do with leo's question here as matt kind of steps in over here maybe and uh, casey if we can maybe switch a little bit and get matt's thoughts in here thanks casey uh for your thoughts this is great stuff i'm going to talk about our friends over at underdog fantasy as well underdog fantasy what's amazing about them is right now you can get in there and you can double your first deposit with the promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r so awesome you can go in and you can bet you can do the over-unders the player over under on their stat lines you can do pick two pick three pick four pick five all the above you've got the ability to go in there and you can win yourself some money right now you can do that in a variety of ways it doesn't have to be the nfl you can do it with the nba you can do it with hockey you can do it with fights you can do all of the above and so it's awesome opportunity uh, to be able to get yourself going and underdog Fantasy's app is awesome like the best, oh the whole thing is awesome it's just a great it's, the whole thing's awesome with underdog fantasy it's a great place to go interface is clean um and it's fun it adds a layer of entry to these games especially with Super Bowl coming up between two teams we all saw, you know, going to be a Super Bowl, obviously, definitely the Bengals um, we will we'll be able to have some awesome opportunities to bet uh, there as well. So make sure you check that out. Matt Matera in the house down here in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Matt, this day ended up being a little bit crazier than we thought it would be. We heard some of, people have heard some of Casey and my thoughts on the Tom Brady situation uh, with the Bucks. But what's been racing through your head today as you've thought about that move, Brady retiring and the direction of the Bucks are probably going in after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, it's uh, Tom Brady, he's an icon, he's a legacy. It's an end of an era, not just for the Bucks in the two years that Tom Brady played in Tampa Bay, but also you know, for his entire career, seven Super Bowls. And I just look at and I tweeted it out before, and you'd have been talking about it too, John. But it really is crazy what he did in two years, like coming here, winning a Super Bowl. But on top of that, too, he won the Super Bowl, he's Super Bowl MVP. He broke franchise records. Like, he's only been here two seasons, and he's, like, you know, all-time passing leader, all-time touchdown leader for the Bucs. And then playing in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform, he uh, surpassed the all-time NFL touchdowns and the all-time NFL uh, passing arts. He got the Bucs their most wins in franchise history. He helped the Bucs win their first divisional title, and I understand the end goal was the Super Bowl, which he had already done, but – you know, the second year he wins the divisional, uh, sorry, they win the NFC South division for the first time in over a decade. And that's a big accomplishment too. So the accolades in his career were all well aware of what he did in New England, but the impact that he had in two seasons with the Bucks, I don't think you could really compare it to anyone. Even when Michael Jordan went to the Wizards. Michael Jordan wasn't winning in Washington. Tom Brady came and he won right away. He brought in people like Gronk, Leonard, Fournette. So uh, you know, it's obviously. It's a huge loss for the Bucks, but you know, congrats to him on a fantastic career and where the Bucks go from there. Blaine Train, Blaine Gabbert. I think the Bucks this year, Blaine Gabbert, because they're in a weird traditional. Oh, era.
2: Scott paid you to say this. No, didn't he? he
1: didn't. He didn't. But I believe Scott said something on radio where, you know, this division is so bad in the NFC South that you could have a mediocre quarterback play. And I'm not saying Blaine Gabbert would give mediocre quarterback play. But that you don't have be, to have would, the best. I would love play. mediocre play from like and, that. and you could still come out unscathed and, and win this NFC South division. There's a lot of hypotheticals out there, but a lot of them come with the Bucs having to, you know, conjure up a trade where they're going to lose draft picks, and I'm sure they would for you know someone like Russell Wilson or Aaron. Obviously, they'd give up a lot of draft picks for you know Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, but realistically, that probably won't happen or they're going to have to pay a guy who's already getting a big salary somewhere else like Derek Carr, or Kirk cousins. It's not, you know, it's not as easy, but they do have in-house options with Blaine Gabbert. I don't really think Kyle Trask is ready going into a second year. Um, but these are the cards that the Bucks have dealt. However, every single Bucks fan would sign up for what just happened over the last two seasons with the Super Bowl.
2: No question about it. Uh, Leo, John, why do you think uh, Jimmy G would struggle? We appreciate the super chat Leo for sure. Um, Two big things in the Bucks' offense that are really, really important. You have to be willing to make big-time throws down the field. Sometimes it's going to be tight windows or it's going to be a window that's closing because you have to process those things quickly. Throw with anticipation down the field. You don't necessarily have to throw with that much anticipation on shorter underneath routes, but down the field it has to have with anticipation. Nothing stays open that long. You have to be able to process where defenses are and release the ball at a certain time consistently. That's Jimmy G's like worst trait in my opinion. Like he throws in breakers, he's short to intermediate. He doesn't throw outside the numbers. It's a vertical offense outside the numbers in in Tampa Bay. Now he he had I think he was low among the lowest of all quarterbacks last year in big time throws. Throws into tight windows, throws high degree of difficulty throws. Brady was at the top of the list both the last two years. Physically, they're just totally different quarterbacks in terms of their arm strength. But also the other big thing is totally different quarterbacks in terms of their willingness to make tough throws. It's just not what Jimmy G has done in his career. He's always been hesitant on those throws. Cal Shanahan's built the offense to revolve around his weaknesses. Arians would not do that. I mean, it wouldn't be a fit at all, but you know, hypothetically, if Jimmy were here, he would be asked to do harder things at the quarterback position, physically harder things at the quarterback position than he's ever done before. There's also the aspect of managing pressure in the pocket Getting off of those vertical reads to check downs. That's what made Brady so effective at times. He could get off those vertical reads and know it wasn't going to be there basically right after the post snap. So he could get the ball to check down so much quicker. It allows him to pick up yak. So instead of getting to it late and being in second and ten, getting no gain, you know, one yard one yard gains, two yard gains situations now you're getting four five six and you're manageable down in distances those plays never will make the highlight reel but it's part of the reason why brady's offenses have always increased in efficiency because he constantly kept you out of bad downs distances by not taking sacks then not taking minimal gains on those downs when he was allowed to throw the ball on first down bucks were the best first down pa- passing team in the league and that's something you'd lose with jimmy who isn't even asked to do that very often in san francisco
1: yeah and you i think it's one thing that's a good point that is going to get overlooked a little bit, just how much better the offensive line was with Tom Brady here because he gets the ball out so quickly and so efficiently. And you even look at the last couple of games, Tom Brady, when he got sacked, it was on third down, but they were moving up the field on, on first and second down. So I think, you know, you really have to consider that type of situation. And for me with Jimmy G, I always think of like, okay, he's got some good qualities that you can that you can work with and win games. Like he obviously went to a Super Bowl. Granted, a lot of other things were around that, but I just I look at that, you know, that playoff game against Dallas in the first round, and sure everyone's gonna remember that Dallas couldn't get the the ball snapped and and because they ran it and that everything didn't work out there. But remember, Dallas got back into that game because Jimmy just had an egregious interception where he rolled outside, probably should have thrown the ball away, but had a guy open like egregiously overthrew it. And I just feel like once every game, Jimmy has that just complete lapse in judgment, which Bucs fans have seen with the quarterback, Jameis Winston, prior to Tom Brady. And Tom came in and changed a ton of things. And I don't think the Bucs really want to revert to that type of situation again, where sure, Jimmy can do some good things, but ultimately he's going to make that one big mistake that has hurt the team or almost hurt the 49ers in that situation, but... Again, they're going against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are the only other team that gets in their way more than anyone else. So um, when I think of Jimmy G, that's that's really what comes to mind for me.
2: Jacob, with the $5 Super Chat, would you agree with Jason Light that Caltrass would be at or near the top of this year's board for quarterbacks? I have taken very, very loose looks at the quarterbacks in this class. I have not done any extensive studies. I probably will not do any extensive studies until unless i know that the box are super art seem like they're actually going down that path that they're bringing people in for visits and seem like they're at the combine everybody's talking about it okay then i'll look take a look i'm going to take looks at obviously the quarterbacks i've seen some of them live and a couple of them and watching games of tape but everybody that i trust everybody that i trust talks about this quarterback class in a very similar light in terms of it being there being a couple maybe big development long shot guys or low ceiling guys that could be low end starters preferable backups I don't remember a class that's so universally considered in the same light right now. Like right now that's just the universal opinion on it. Every quarterback expert i talked to. And now as for after today, it's funny that we get this question. I talked to several more people plugged into the league today that have heard from people in the league that said that, if Cal Trask were in this class, he would be QB one in this class. There you go. <laughs> that's crazy. Like QB one in this class. I wouldn't even put him in that conversation in last year's class. And I don't think anybody really did put him in that conversation. Yeah. But that tells you the idea of what, that's a couple people I've heard from now from people in the league about where this class is viewed Now Trask is viewed in comparison to it. So, that is part of it, it is true, Jacob. That doesn't mean the pick last year was a good one, although at 64, it's not like they took him at 32 or even in the first round. 64 is quite a ways down the board. That's a, that's a late uh, first round pick. So that deserves you know, our late second round pick. That deserves to be kind of considered in that light, too. It's uh, most of the time, by the time you get to pick 64, most teams' second round graded players are gone at that point. They're off the board at that point in time. So you are not necessarily. Drawing from a pool. teams have less than 64 first and second round grades. In fact, in a lot of situations, teams have 64 players on their board. Patriots were notorious for having very few players on their board. There's other teams that do that as well. So fans have to think about it in that light. Like that's where the picks are coming in. That's where some of the stuff needs to be considered in terms of the value of it compared to other quarterback picks that end up being first round busts, like early seconds or even any time in the first round picks for quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens with Trask, but that's Where the league kind of views him in comparison. Now we just have to see the guy play. We have to see him play with real weapons, with a real offensive line. We haven't seen any
1: of that. So that's the big thing for me, really is one, like, do you want to be considered the best of like the worst, (laughs) I guess, in that situation? And like, does it make you feel any better that he would be one of the best ones for this year? But uh, I agree. At the end of the day, you're essentially taking a third round pick when you selected Kyle Trask last year. And I'm still like, I'm going to keep an open mind with Kyle Trask, but I think the issue is. Again, we only saw him in training camp and uh, in the preseason. There were times, uh, you know, in, in training camp and and also uh, when he's playing in games, where you know Ryan Griffin still looked like the better quarterback, and that's and that's understandable when you're talking about a guy that just got into the league. But we didn't get to see his progression during the season because when we're at practice and the. Uh, the part that's available to the media, it's only open for the first half hour. So it's just guys stretching. We're not watching the actual game plan and the scheme that's going in. And also when you're a rookie and a, a third, the third quarterback on the team, you're pretty much just on the scout team. So we don't really know what the development is for Kyle Trask at this moment. But I could tell you, especially knowing that the Buck schedule next year is not that easy and you're playing a, all teams that won their division last year for the most part, despite despite uh, you know playing against the NFC South, I I don't know if I want a second-year quarterback going into that because I still think this team is very talented enough to make the playoffs. Again, from what we talked about with the NFC South being so bad, you still have to put yourself in the best chance to win. I just don't know if that's Kyle Trask again. I'm not saying he couldn't be the future quarterback, but I don't think he's the immediate future quarterback. So that's the situation the Bucs are in.
2: Right. Yeah, it's a tricky situation because it's not like they can afford that. Like, Trask could step in for some rosters and he could develop along with the roster and that might be yeah. fine. But the Bucks might be looking at options like we want to contend this year. We want to win the NFC South for sure this year. Put ourselves in the mix for the playoffs if an injury happens or if something, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo was in was in the was in the NFC championship game. Like, <laughs> you know, they're going to look at that way. They're going to say like, okay, there might be an ability for us to get there. I don't know if that's a realistic way to look at it. I'm just saying how they'll probably see it. Um, so that's a consideration here as well, Matt. I have to ask you. Elliot brings up a great point. You're Robert Saul's friend. After today, Walk past him twice.
1: We had
2: we had a moment.
1: We had a bond. We both said hello, looked each other in the eyes. We're on to we're on to big things. I think uh, could start turning things around for the Jets next season. We shall see. But we shared a moment. It was a nice moment, and uh, one that many people here are talking about here in Mobile. Mostly just John and Casey. <laughs>
2: that's true casey and i have uh yeah we've maybe given matt somewhat of a hard time for that move but matt you kind of got friends all over the place don't you because not only do you have robert sala as your friend now and as a as a avid jets fan that people know from new york but also we've got friends over at, at pin chasers, don't we
1: absolutely love Pinchasers. we just had the peterport bowling league and ended in december which is now well two months ago which seems crazy but just because the pewter report season is over and it'll be back in the spring that doesn't mean you can't go to pinchasers and have a great time it's awesome to go and bring your friends awesome if you have a family you want to bring the kids out for a night they have different events literally every single night they got all you can eat pizza on tuesday nights they got all you can bowl on thursday nights and one dollar miller lights it's an absolutely great deal you can go bowl watch some sports Enjoy some beers while you do it. They have multiple different locations, and their grill is very underrated. They have all different types of foods. You can have breakfast food as well, too. They have uh, waiters and waitresses that come right to your lane, so you don't have to keep getting up and go and order, and come back. So it's extremely convenient then. Also, if you do the Peterport League, you can get a uh, Bucks bowling ball or a pin with the team logo on it after. That's totally up to you. So just keep an eye out for that uh, for the next bowling league. But, yeah, make sure you go to Pinchasers.net to book a party or plan an event. It's a very fun night out with friends and family, and the owner is a Bucs fan, so you're supporting fellow Bucs fans. So go to Pinchasers.net for more information.
2: Absolutely great stuff there. No question about it, Matt. We're going to get to uh, the quarterback options for the Bucks here to close out the podcast. I'll have more in an article coming at some point, uh, hopefully tomorrow, uh, about that as well. But I want to get to Jacob's comment here. Titan looks especially, especially skinny now with without Gronk let's pump the brakes for a second maybe we don't know for sure that we're going to be without Gronk moving forward yet uh it does it feels likely to me I think it felt likely before to be honest more likely the Brady before the recent news anyway um but Jason Light said today he's not sure yet uh he's gonna he doesn't want to assume that and he's gonna give Jason Light time or he's gonna give Rob Gronkowski time to basically come to that decision on his own which I think is what Gronk's going to do. And if he's smart, he should take a couple of weeks because if he does decide to retire, he's going to want it to be somewhat distanced from Brady's announcement.
1: Yeah. But also Gronk already got to see his flowers and everything too, because he already retired once. So this is the second retirement. I don't know if it's as enjoyable as, you know, the second retirement. Um, I, I know Jason said what he said, and I really thought Jason, as you guys already said, was great in his press conference today with that Said, I'm, I'm not totally buying that Gronk's going to be back. Unless, again, that they're going to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. I don't – Gronk has put in his time. He obviously played injured this year. He missed a, b- a bunch of games with the broken ribs. I don't think he wants to go into a situation with a quarterback that he doesn't know that he can totally rely on or be guaranteed that it's going to be an efficient offense. Like, he's not going to sign up for a reload, a rebuild, a remodel, whatever you want to call it, because – Whether you talk to the coach or the GM, you're going to get a different saying. Um, What's that? That said, yeah, Gronk, maybe a month from now. People are saying, I was saying this earlier, people were on board with like, oh, Brady might make his retirement during the Super Bowl, like in a commercial. If anyone would do that, Gronk would be the guy to make a retirement commercial and show during the Super Bowl. So if there's a prop bet on that, look for that. But um, yeah, I don't think he's coming.
2: Yeah, that could be a good option. But let's say Gronk does retire. Jacob's right. Tight end looks skinny. Can't break under contract. They'll restructure his contract. They've already, I believe, Greg Allman said the other day, they verbally kind of agreed that they're going to do that. So he'll probably be back in some capacity, especially with O.J. Howard likely moving on. And if Gronk does retire. But my personal opinion, Jacob, is that this offense, would I would rather than find a wide receiver three and a wide receiver four and be really effective and deep and wide receiver than try to find a difference-making tight end. There are only a handful of difference-making tight ends in the NFL, and the reality is that like, that's not a, you can get by without one in an offense, like you can. And if the option becomes available at some point to get a great tight end, whether it's in the draft or free agency or whatever, you know, it's unlikely to be in free agency then. Okay. Go do it like that's Okay. I'm open to that, but, there are just very few options, especially for an offense like this. You need to be able to block too. So Mike Geseki doesn't work in an offense like this. He's never even plays in line. So you have limited options when you look at the free agency pool. What I would do is I would get good blockers and capable red zone threats at tight end for cheap. That's easy to do. You, I got a guy like Bright. You can get bring back of Darren Fells. Max Williams is somebody we've talked about who's a free agent coming off an injury. That's going to be a cheap signing. Great blocker, effective enough receiver. Use those guys as a last resort as red zone options until you can get a really good player at that position. If you can, great. But focus on getting wide receiver three and four. Depth of wide receivers, great in the draft. So many great drafts in a row. Cheap. You could find guys in free agency. Cheap. It's just a totally better way to go, in my opinion. Focus on building wide receiver three and four. Get blockers to be able to run your run game and your offense effectively. Provide extra protection on passing downs effectively because you're not going to replace Gronk in the passing game. That's not going to happen. So find ways to replace his impact in the passing game at wide receiver and use blockers to impact and change and replace his impact in the blocking game here. Um, I want to keep going. Vortex, by the way, good tight end draft, by the way. And that's a position that could fall. So you can see good tight ends at the end of the first round. We've got to make sure we mention that. Some good tight ends here in Mobile, too. We'll be talking about those uh, tomorrow on the show, at least for sure. Um, Vortex, appreciate the $5 super chat as we're getting ready to wrap up here. I know it's very early on. Who do you think is our 2022 starter? And if it was up to you, who would it be? Thanks for the great work, by the way. Appreciate the super chat. Appreciate the shout out, Vortex. and appreciate you always being in here, to be honest, uh, supporting us and watching the show as well. Um, I don't think the 2022 starter's on the roster. I don't know who it is. I don't know that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that it's going to be Russell Wilson. I know those are the names people want to hear. I don't know whether that's likely or not. I don't know if it's even going to be Derek Carr. Seems like Josh McDaniels gave him the vote of confidence the other day when he was, It seemed, I mean, sort of. Who believes Josh McDaniels when he talks? I don't know. Not many people, Uh, but we'll see what happens. He
1: agreed to be a head coach and then changed his mind like the next day. So,
2: Pretty easy to see him change his mind about a quarterback. If something else becomes available, but it's not a great quarterback draft. I just don't see a compelling reason for the Raiders to move on from Derek Carr at this time. He played well last year. They just made the playoffs. Yeah. They just made the playoffs. Players respect him. He's obviously a good leader. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. Matt Ryan could be an option, but I don't think he's going to trade it in the division, obviously. So that complicates things. Um, I mean, I tweeted today, and people like were kind of fake mad at me, but I'm kind of serious. I think Kirk Cousins might be an that option for the Bucs.
1: makes the most sense, too, because I believe he only has one year left on his deal, and you have a new head coach coming in there and a new GM.
2: who Who is cost- like an analytics guy who is going to see a one-year contract for a quarterback, and he's going to get whatever he can for that right,
1: right now. And would be absolutely fine with wiping the slate clean, bringing your own guy and rebuilding or whatever you want to do from there. So Kirk Cousins seems like the most likely – out-of-house hire in terms of how logistically you could get them. And for the Bucs, again, if it's only for one season, it's not going to financially strap them for, for a long time.
2: I mean, and people talk about Teddy Bridgewater. There was a rumor last fridge two that years is. ago, two years ago, yeah. keep in mind, that Bridgewater was an option, like a plan D for the Bucs. He, he shouldn't even be a plan, period. Be bad before you do. I'd rather go 0-17 than if Teddy Bridgewater go 6 and. Whatever it is, 13. I don't even, I can't do math. And six and 11.
1: Settle for one and 16. Because then you one, don't have the, you know, you're not in that history of true. never winning a round. Okay. One, you and one and 16. You're still going to get the first round pick.
2: Or one and 16. 16. Yeah. I'd rather go. Yeah. One and 16. get the first over. Rather go one and 16 than go six and 11 with yes. Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. I'm sorry. Don't even, not even interested. He's a horrible scheme fit. Jimmy's a bad scheme fit. Um, Trying to think who else is even out there. Minshew, people mentioned, bad scheme fit. Also, don't think he's. In, I don't think the Bucks would be interested in that. Um, I think it's outside the roster. I think Kirk Cousins one year left on his deal. Team that'll probably want to move him. You know, Bucks could could use another year to develop Trask. See what Cousins does. Let him go. Do I think it's a good idea? Probably not. Do I think what? Do I know what they'll have to give up for him? I don't for sure yet. Uh, we'll see uh, what his market looks like as we get closer. I'm definitely not advocating for it. Just trying to tell you what I think could be a realistic possibility. We'll see what happens. Um, Get to a couple more Super Chats here. Appreciate these Super Chats. These are great, guys. Leo at the 5 Yeah, Leo's coming up clutch here. I feel like whatever choices the Bucs are making this year determines how much money and fans will be at Raymond James this year. That's possible in some ways. I mean, fans should be supportive of this team no matter what. It's a good roster with tons of talented players. There's no reason not to watch the Bucs and see what direction they're going in. And even if they don't get there in 2022, it could very easily be a team laying the foundation for a big move in 2023, especially now that they're not committing long-term to any quarterback cap situation so this is a very intriguing team moving forward for the next couple of years because the roster is good it could get better without having to break the bank for a quarterback that's a very unique situation for them so they're worth watching for sure closely over the next couple of years uh and john with the ten dollars super chat thank you john uh how do you what do you think about sean watson is that realistic great coverage everyone appreciate it we've said this before we'll keep saying it there's no reason to talk about Deshaun watson until the legal situation is resolved matt it just we have no idea. No team's going to be interested in the Texans aren't interested in trading him for anything more than a King's ransom. That's just the reality of the situation. It's not going to happen until there's more clarity on his legal situation.
1: Yeah, well said. But if, if if there is a window of that opportunity where he is available, he's strong. Before all of that went down, he strongly wanted to be out of Houston. Now, the problem is Bucks Bucs aren't the only team that are bidding for like a new quarterback. Obviously, Denver, and you guys brought up uh, a ton of different teams, so it's not like the Bucks are the. It's not like a couple seasons ago when the it, it was really just like the Bucks and the Chargers who were looking for a new quarterback. The Chargers had obviously gotten rid of, uh, or were you know sep- tying sep- separating ties, whatever it's called, with uh, with Philip Rivers. So it's not like that situation. There's a lot of teams out there. Whether you know whether it's like Miami or Pittsburgh could be looking for another quarterback. And there's a lot of teams out there that feel that okay we're we're quarterback away from really being contender and so the bucks aren't gonna have carte blanche to pick whatever you know whatever quarterback they want
2: people brought up Jameis and we'll close the podcast with this i don't think it's gonna happen i also don't think it's as bad of an idea i don't think it's a good idea be clear don't think it's a good idea i don't think it's as bad of an idea as other ideas that are being proposed let's put it that way there are elements to it that make sense the larger element is that it still doesn't solve anything for you. You're not going anywhere special with Jameis, and you're not even with Cousins. And he's
1: coming off a torn ACL. So he's coming off a very serious injury. Yeah,
2: exactly. There's just a lot of questions there. I'm not totally throwing the idea out. It's kind of in the middle group for me, but it's not going to get you anywhere either. And, you know, so that's where we are. But again, we are going to talk a lot about the quarterback situation. Whoever the 2022 starter is, unless it's Rogers or Wilson or somebody like that, it feels like, We're probably not going to be looking at a long-term starter in 2022 unless it's Trask and he proves himself. We'll leave the door open for that for sure. Right, big F, big question, Mark, no question, as it is for most rookie quarterbacks, especially that aren't top 10 picks. And we appreciate the $5 super chat here, Anthony. It means a lot. Um, I think the big question for the Bucs is going to be, how good can you get the roster this season when the expectations are low? How much can you get these guys saying, you know what? Nobody thinks we're going to win now without Brady. Let's play pissed off football and like raise their games. And not Brady's not there to save you anymore when you don't play well. How much does that respond to you guys raise their games and guys want to come back to prove that they've got flexibility, they've got roster space, they've got future cap space as well to be able to build a really good roster, a contender. The front office is good, the coaching staff's good, players like playing for this team and this organization. That's going to matter a lot. Yes, the immediate future won't be as good without Brady, but the long term future for this team. Is still very bright, in my opinion. The biggest question mark is quarterback, and it's what they still have to figure out.
1: And if you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going places. It's just the nature of the NFL. Good quarter – well, the exception of the 49ers getting to the NFC Championship game. Good quarterbacks get you to the promised land. I mean, look at the two teams in the Super Bowl this year. Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, very young in his career, but obviously uh, absolutely crushing and is on his way to being – a great quarterback so you got to solve that position first before anything else on a roster and that's where the Bucs find themselves but luckily with everyone else they have and even with the free agents out there with chris godwin ryan jensen carlton davis this is still a very talented roster with a lot of good pieces and core pieces like jason light was talking today about that seven of their nine pro bowl players are under contract so when you build and develop players like that even though you're one piece away, and that's the most important piece, uh, there's a lot to look forward to with this Bucs team. It's definitely a challenge, and they got a lot to figure out, but uh, it's not all doom and gloom. Like, there's a lot of good things about this team. It's just about finding the next quarterback.
2: Yeah, no question. What's up, Nate? Uh, glad to have you in the chat, obviously. Uh, we appreciate you all for tuning in. We'll talk more about the senior. will tomorrow, I promise, unless somebody else decides to retire for the Bucs, and then maybe we'll have to talk oh, about that. Yeah. Yeah, grog might. So we'll see what happens. But um, we'll promise we've got lots of senior bowl to talk about. We'll have stuff written on the site, too. Uh, but felt like we needed to obviously talk mostly Brady on this show. We appreciate y'all. Everybody, before you leave, hit the like button. Give us a thumbs up on the way out. Spread the word. Share the link if you can uh, on the podcast. We greatly appreciate y'all doing that uh, when you get the chance to do it. Obviously it helps us out a ton and y'all have been great. So make sure you check that box for us and hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed as well to the Peter report podcast. As always, we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Thanks so much for tuning into another edition of the Peter report podcast out.